Hello, experiencers. This is Chris from State of Fear Podcast, and you are listening to a fourth-hand production. Radio, radio, radio. Welcome to the weird and mysterious world of the Inhuman Experience, a paranormal podcast where we explore the strange and unexplained. Coming to you from the mothership directly above the uncanny valley, my name is Bobby Anthem, alias the One-Eyed Jack, and with me, as always, he is the original renegade swordsman, my partner, my ace, my fellow Inhuman. Mike Assassin duck and swing, double-edged blade chopping heads. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, man. What is happening, man? Oh, we've got a great one for you. We do. Oh, we do. Alex Austin, Ronin Geek Official Podcast. It's been yeah. a long time coming. We were talking about this for, wow, a few months ago, I think we tried to set it up. Maybe even longer than that, honestly, because I know that Ronin Geek... You have said many times that it's one of your very favorite shows. You it know, is. big yeah. fan. Such a big fan of it. Yeah. Um, you've appeared uh, on their show with them. Um, I think at one point when I wasn't available, I think uh, I think they came around to the mothership. And I've just never had a chance to talk with any of those guys. So I was very, very happy and excited today to get to talk to Alex. Yeah. Cool dude, man. They're all good guys. Yeah, man, that definitely comes across, man. And good talkers, knowledgeable, fun to talk to, high energy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not used to that kind of energy. I've got to do more calisthenics. Got to get more caffeine, man. <laughs> maybe know. some Dianetics, you know. Or some artificial intelligence, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, get, uh, we're, today we're going to transcend the deletion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, there's, there's so much so much that we're going to get into with this one man there there is a lot a lot that we're going to get into and it's just it's going to be rapid fire so i mean it just, is. you know it's it's good energy good conversation i suggest you just uh sit back and and just try to take it all in and i love how it all tied together from his original story and then we kind of built on that from there the dude is a pro and i'm, I'm just very happy to have him here try to get into this thing space the final frontier these are the voyages of the waste vessel the black swirl its ongoing mission to explore strange new stories to seek out new laughs and new absurdity to boldly go where no sci-fi podcast has gone before welcome to close encounters of the slurred kind Twenty twenty is the year. So uh, if 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 they don't strike this year, I think we still got a while left. Though, uh, so that's that's the good thing. But in uh, you know talking about games, right? Uh, a lot of new AI ends up in games all the time, all the time. They're constantly trying to rewrite AI, and most of the time, you know, I, uh, uh, Bobby uh, Bobby Blades. I know you play, uh, you know, uh, uh, faithfully 
games and, and, and new stuff. Ooh, I almost saw a car accident. They're okay, though. But um, I think in games, most of the time, we don't see the best implementation of AI. A lot of times, it's related to NPC characters. They kind of repeat the same thing, kind of do the same thing. They don't seem very smart. Or enemy AI that rely on just pure aggro you know and they're not really smart about how they're trying to get you they're just trying to get you right and, and right. that's kind of the, the limits of it however uh there, there is a story out there on the web and uh and it, this one's kind of it's pointing toward a rogue ai built within a video game and and this is a really interesting concept because it, I mean, if there was if there was ever a medium where you might see something like this emerge, certainly gaming might be one place where you'd see it, right? Especially now that gaming touches on uh, everything, right? It's 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 online. It's on these consoles. It's on computers. It's on our phones. It's it's right. everywhere. And and I can't think of anything maybe other than just sheer numbers of coding languages that have as much resources available to it as gaming. Right. Like it's just it's wild. Even like, um, for instance, we've been looking at like, uh, you know, cryptocurrency and things like that. And and right now you can even build crypto tokens within programs like Unity. Right. Where a lot of, you know, indie games are developed, which is a, it's freeware if anybody wants to try it out. But it's just interesting that this is the way things are headed. And, and I'm curious what you guys think of this then. But uh, I, I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of um, the Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War video games from Lord of the Rings? That's the one I haven't beaten yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically in Shadow of War, and, and I'm not sure if that's different from Shadow of Mordor and that you're enlisting orcs to effectively fight for you. Was that kind uh, of, was it? I'm trying to remember. I don't believe so. I think you were just killing the generals. You weren't enlisting yes. any. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So in Shadow of War, it's basically, it's kind of the same idea, like sort of open worldy, you know, Assassin's Creed style, you know, kind of roaming around and killing things. Uh, that, that are normally like orcs and trolls, things like that. However, in Shadow of War, you can now use your magic to turn them. And and you can either turn them to fight in your favor or you can kind of like humiliate them using it. And and and, and basically you can cause them to go crazy, right? So oh, what happens? I think you told this story on uh, Ronin Geek Official. I told a version of it, but then, now oh, okay. I've gone and I've looked up the full, I got the full thing for you. And it's oh, trippy. Nice. It is trippy. Even even just reading about this again kind of blew my mind. So uh, that this is a thing now. So uh, Bobby Anthem, this is this is the story. If you're not already concerned about AI, this would get this would get listeners concerned about AI uh, coming to kill us all. So uh, <laughs> cool. I I am concerned, and I don't mind scaring the hell out of our listeners. So yeah. Oh, perfect. This is a perfect storm <laughs> then for them. I'm excited. So uh, so basically, what happens when a, a, a thorough mix of great programming an insane runaway aggro AI team up to hijack game code to haunt a player from save file to save file. That's kind of the, the underlying current here of what we're about to talk about. So um, this has actually happened and it's such a great example of either brilliant game design or just unintended consequences uh, that result from really advanced and scary game AI. So again, it, there's no indication that the people who made this game intended for it to go down this way with this particular player right it just so happened that this particular player uh is actually a writer for ign so uh his name is brendan graber and uh he's actually he's a features editor and maybe he works on the guides too on ign anyway he posted an article which is really interesting so in shadow of war you as the as your name is talion the grave walker which sounds pretty badass yeah. you can wield yeah you can wield power over some of the orcs you battle and trolls 
which manifests in a couple different ways. One is you can convert them to fight for you, right? In which case they, they lead portions of your army and you take portions of the map under your control. And then second, you can shame them, right? So some of them you cannot convert just based on the story or, or the type of war control that they are. And so for those ones, you can shame them and then send them back out into the world to spread the word about how just awful and terrible you are, right? Which my understanding is they actually do. <laughs> so this is, uh, and, and, and a story kind of points to that. So in shaming them, uh, they could also lose the will to fight or they could even go berserk, right? In some cases, when you shame them, it has the unintended effect of they get stronger and angrier and level up faster and come after you later in the game. So now what you should know is that each orc captain in the game has a story that develops based on its interactions with you as the player at various points in the game. They will refer to you previous interactions with you. When you meet them, they will have various tweaks in their personalities that make them more unique from one another. Uh, as the game goes on as well. So uh, just a little bit of detail in the background of these things. So uh, so I hope I didn't lose you guys yet. So because it's about to get weird. <laughs> nope, I'm, I'm listening with, uh, I don't want to say bated breath, but yeah, bated breath, I guess. Yeah, bated, bated orcish breath. So let's see. the So this is called the nemesis system in this game, right? So that's what the overarching thing is called. It's called the nemesis system. So, it, so this is from Brendan Graber, and you can look up the article. It's it's aptly titled Shadow of War's Nemesis System Took Things Way Too Far, which came out in 2019. So the game originally came out in 2017. So in Brendan's playthrough, there's a storyline character named Bruce the Chopper. So he's this Jeez, man, the oh, names. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> so Bruce the Chopper. And interestingly, you can actually recruit this guy to serve as your number two before in, in the course of the story. Spoilers here. So spoiler warning for anybody who hasn't played the game yet. He grows tired of you and tries to kill you. So at some point in the game, <laughs> this ends up happening anyway, right? Which is pretty cool. So using the option to shame Bruce at that point, so you can shame Bruce the Chopper, uh, Brendan actually branded the face of Bruce and sent him away as a symbolic message to other orcs in his first playthrough back in 2017. <laughs> So it's, mm. uh, I guess he, uh, I, I don't know at that point if you could force him to work for you or if it's just because he's already working for you because he chose to, it's just basically degrading him at that point or shaming him, uh, as, as they say. So, however, Bruce does end up returning multiple times to challenge Brendan as a maniacal, still leveling powerhouse of an orc. So the orc goes out, it starts fighting other orcs and it ends up leveling up itself as well as taking more territory for itself, right? So as far as he could tell, his bruise would have still been alive at the end of his first playthrough as like this maniacal scarred version of what he last saw. Like just this, this, this orc is still roaming around out there somewhere, right? So very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. So he finished that playthrough in 2017. Now in 2019, he decided to start again. So he deleted the old save file and started anew on the higher nemesis difficulty. So now I guess I should ask at this point, so to, to uh, Bobby Blades, being an avid gamer yourself, uh, what normally happens when we delete a save file? In the history of gaming, what normally happens? <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> it's gone, man. Yeah, like, you know, you, you know, your, your, you know, your little brother shows up, deletes your save file, it's gone forever. You know, that's usually cause for a beatdown in our yeah. world, right? Like, that's, it's a problem. So it goes away forever. And uh, apparently, though, um, through some divine technical revolution that's happened here, uh, it's not gone. So, which is the part we're going to get into now. So, as the story goes on, Brandon is just getting started in the game in a second playthrough, and he's quickly ambushed by a patrol of what's called Olog High Trolls, which don't appear in the game, in the actual game, until much later in the story. 
leading these trolls in his new playthrough is a scarred and deranged level 40 bruise the chopper so he has somehow transcended a deleted save file and come back now mm. what, what's what's really crazy about this is coming up so bruise wants to kill Talion immediately and seems to remember his humiliation dealt to him in the previous game he even adopts behaviors of some of the orc captains in the game hunting brendan through the through following him from territory to territory and even challenging other local lower level orc captains along the way bruise was now a powerhouse and was ravaging the lands of mordor in his hunt for Talion. so and what's crazy is this guy's not even supposed to show up till way later in the game like this Bruce character, he's a character in the game. Like he he exists as a part as a part of the story that's told, and he's not supposed yeah. to appear until you're like level fourteen, and then he's level fourteen. But here he's appeared to a level two character as a level forty character, and not only that, <laughs> one that's already deranged and seems to remember the interactions from the previous game. So this is already just wild. What's happening here? Mm. I've never I've never heard of this happening in a game ever. Like this is this is nuts. So in, in their encounters, Bruise is so deranged, he can't even vocalize his interactions and eventually reduces into just snarling and grunting Italian, which often doesn't even seem to line up with the character animation. So it's just sort of otherworldly at this point. Like it's almost possessed, like wow. there's, there's some ghost in the machine, right? So he became a rogue maniac AI, somehow escaping the deletion of the previous save. When Brennan tried tracking him, this is crazy, because he is a story character, he found Bruise to be embedded in the dead center of an orc army encampment on his map. And tracking the story mission uh, that you have to go to actually introduce yourself to Bruise actually place that marker outside of the map of the game. So it's almost like Bruise, inside the code somehow, was taunting Brendan as he continued on his unholy mission to kill Talion. Like, this is so bizarre. Like, a function of the game. Like, this is just a core function of the game is to, is to you know, tag something on the map and then and then you can, you know, move toward it with the reticle on your little map screen, right? That, right. That, it's completely broken. It, it appears for all intents and purposes to be completely broken uh, somehow and, and otherwise not used for that. <laughs> I just don't know even how else to say it. It's just bizarre. <laughs> so this is game systems that are central to the function of this software that just don't work anymore. And it's just bizarre. So that character in the game essentially became sentient and yeah. <laughs> ascended the deletion of yes. the previous game and took took on the had the memory to oh this is just <laughs> I, I I love what you just said too. He ascended the deletion. <laughs> that's, that's what we're gonna have to do when when the AI comes after us. We'll have to ascend the deletion. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have to get a whole lot smarter. Oh my god! So, so it's uh, honestly, uh, this just blows my mind. So, when he finally reaches the point in the game where you meet the normal bruise to recruit him, he found the standard level fourteen bruise, just like the deranged one had never existed to torment him. But in the article, he says he still felt something was wrong. So he decided to check just to make sure. Brennan hit his map to try and find the bruise who had haunted him at this point uh, up to level fourteen in the game expecting him to now be gone. Yet he found him now heading an enemy encampment from earlier in the game as Bruce the Chopper. Now he's called Warmonger Tank. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yes! So this dude decides just to hold down and wait for him now. <laughs> just, honestly, I, I just can't even with this. And that's kind of where the article ends. 
and, and I was digging up to see if he had written anything else about the playthrough. I don't know if he actually finished it. I think he was quite disturbed by the whole thing, actually. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, honestly, I love that story because it's just like, what in the hell is happening? Like, is it a series of game systems that are interacting to force this weird, unpredictable thing to happen? And there's just enough permissions for it to go down that way? Or is it really like just this crazy aggro vengeance game system, like running out of control? Like, yeah. what is it? I'm going to lean to the side of uh, a vengeful ghost in the machine of sorts. Yeah, man. Like, it just it just took over. It was like a, like a line of code that decided that it was now sentient and that it had this mission. So Yeah. It's just, like, uh, I must destroy this person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it's funny because, like, the code doesn't know Brendan Graver, but it does know Talion, the Grave Dancer, or whatever his name is. Like, the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's his, that's his ultimate target. But man, this this kind of stuff gets me thinking though, man. I'm just like, well, holy shit. Like this this seems like it's, uh, you know, wh- whether it's just, you know, an accident or whatever. And I think that's maybe how AI does ultimately come about is maybe by accident. You know what I mean? Like the, the an unintended consequence of sorts. Right. right? I mean, how, so, did, how did we come about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> from, inorga- from inorganic materials, you know, how did we come about? So... That this stuff is supposed to be programmed to do certain things. What happens once that little spark hits and just basically switches them on and they start making their own decisions like that? Yeah. And, Somehow. And who becomes the target? Way. Life finds a way, bro. Life yeah. finds a <laughs> way. <laughs> Dr. Malcolm over here. <laughs> life, life finds a way. It finds a way. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Ultimately, I think it, I think it is a story about uh, an unintended consequence of, of AI kind of taking hold. And I want to say the game was built in Unreal. I'm pretty sure it was Unreal. Uh, so it seems like the kind of engine it would have used for this. So maybe maybe it's just um, you know a powerful game engine that, that manages to make all these connections in the background. I don't know, or maybe that's what it was designed to do. But uh, now I'm just thinking, like, man, like, what what if an AI gets out like that? And but it's the AI behind like. You know, almost like an Ultron, right? Like behind war machines or something like that. So right. that's, that's, I mean, I mean, that's basically Terminator, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly what that is. That's basically Skynet. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh man. So anyway, wow. except it's hunting this this random dude from Lord of the Rings. Anyway, so that's that's my little story I brought to today that I thought might kind of kind of be fun to to bring up. Yeah, fun and, and scary. Thank you. Uh, a, little, a little unsettling. Yeah. But can you imagine if that uh, orc somehow managed to escape the game and get into the internet and just start coming to the real world and still hunt for Talion? Oh, dude. <laughs> Where is he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But he embodies he embody something that's absolutely not threatening, though. Like, he makes it into a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> we got ourselves a little maximum overdrive situation here. <laughs> he makes it, makes it onto the streets, just vacuuming furiously. Oh, yeah. A little <laughs> like, angry Roomba. Yeah. Like, like a... <laughs> what are you going to do? Sweep my shoe? <laughs> oh, man. Show me where Italian is. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> oh man but it can't vocalize so it's all bleeps and bloops <laughs> so it's uh it's pretty scary now we make fun of it we jest but uh we really don't know <laughs> oh man i think well, that's from what, what i hear they got robots who can walk now 
or walk and jump. And jump? Yes, I saw the video. They can climb stairs. They are jumping over. They are jumping boxes. Uh, I'm going to have to look this up, but I believe it was MIT that had this it video. Sounds, sounds right. There was one from, what was it, Boston Dynamics? Maybe that is MIT. I, I don't know where they're from. I, I thought they were called Boston Dynamics. And they had made a, I don't know if you ever saw the episode of Black Mirror that has like a robot dog creature that, that shoots everything. And it's these robots. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They basically made that. And it was just like walking the streets of Boston one day, and people were just like, "Oh my God!" It's just like the Black Mirror episode. So oh, uh, we, we are, yeah, we are that close. <laughs> we are that close, everybody. We are just determined to screw ourselves, man. Yeah. yeah okay, so I'm gonna send you this video. It's a robot that can jump four feet and lift 100 pounds. Can you jump four feet? Yes. Oh, it's like, further than I can jump. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my God. Yeah, it is like Boston Dynamics too. Is it? Oh. Honest? Sons of bitches. I don't know what they're doing, man. They're going to ruin this for all of us. <laughs> oh, my God. Somehow. We need to strike now. We need to strike now and at least expect it. We got to take down these 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 inhuman, like, creatures, these these bots, droids. We've got to come up with a better name for them, though. We've got to pull a Sarah Connor. <laughs> right. We got to load up on super soakers because right now they, they still can't defend against water. So let's just... <laughs> <laughs> You know, so we kind of have the upper hand right now, but it's not going to take long. They're already smarter than me. I know that for a fact. So imagine, imagine that that's the insurgency. Imagine that that's like we just shoot them with super soakers. <laughs> takes them down. You know, like that's that's the lamest Hollywood version of <laughs> ever. Or an even funnier thing is just go live near the water. Yeah, and they can't cross like bodies of water, kind of like vampires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Until they learn to start mimicking human beings. Exactly. They get, they get their fake skin and you know they start swimming and stuff. Yeah. yeah, did you play did you play Fallout 4? Did you see like uh what's his name? Valentine, the detective? No. I uh so I only played Fallout 76 and I didn't even finish that. Yeah, so they have like replicant type characters in some of the Fallout games. And so in this one, I can't remember what they're called offhand. Uh, I wish I could tell you, but it's been a couple of years since I played. But this particular one, he lives in a town and he's sort of dressed like a, like a noir detective, like a 1940s noir detective kind of character. And he kind of talks like that and, and acts like that as well. And his name is Valentine. And, and what's funny about him is like he's acting human. He doesn't know he's not human, but his, he's like his flesh is like deteriorating off of the skeleton <laughs> so like his, oh, wow. his face is all degraded and stuff which you know i guess in that world they see a lot of like uh radioactive damage so maybe the, the people around him just assume he's not a robot or something but yeah yeah super funny but that, that'll be how it is when they finally start mimicking humans it'll just be like putting on like uh putting on like the, a human skin or something like that so. <laughs> robot ed gein <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> that's good man that's good oh my god uh, yeah no problem yeah i'm very terrified now <laughs> yeah, yeah so anyway yeah that's uh that's that yeah and maybe maybe amusement parks would be a good place for them to take hold too because there's already sort of a lot of animatronics there and you know i'm thinking about going to the uh what's what's at disney world the big bear there's like the big bear jamboree or something like that what's that one like imagine it starts there and those bears just come down off the stage and start mauling people in the audience <laughs> like it's 
you know how terrifying that would be for a kid, man? Like the oh, it's a, like oh, it's a bear. It's a bear. Oh, no, no, it's okay. It's just a psychotic robot bear. Ah, oh, it's a robot bear. <laughs> it's not actually a bear. It's oh. <laughs> great. Picture it's great. That, picturing that scene in War of the Worlds where everybody's running and being reduced to dust. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> but it's like they're just getting beat to death with drumsticks. The bear's oh, trying man. to bite them, but then they realize that the teeth aren't sharp enough to go through the skin. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> that might actually be worse. <laughs> I don't know. So you're being gummed to death by a robot? Yeah, man. Think, they got like banjos and like washboard instruments and things like that too because they're like they're like uh they're like an appalachian mountain bear. <laughs> right <laughs> right i know man deliverance so, bears whole other layer to it I, I can't imagine another scenario in which i'd be laughing as i'm beaten to death so that's <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't so work stupid. for me for anybody yeah, who has seen deliverance it did not things did not go well for bobby <laughs> things did not go well <laughs> <laughs> Things did not go well for Bobby in that movie, so I'm not oh, I'm not excited about that. Stay away from Disneyland. <laughs> oh my god. I, I love that we're theorizing about ways that this is all gonna go down and then it's about the country bear jam. Oh speaking of these uh, freaky robots, animatronics, I was on I was browsing Reddit one day and I came on uh RWTF. And they had a video of old Chuck E. Cheese um, animatronic yeah. robots nice. playing instruments and singing. And it's like half of their faces are ripped off and burnt. And yeah. they're just, they're singing for wow. no reason at all. There's, there's nobody in the room. The camera is just recording them and these robots are going off. It does. That, that's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I've already, I've, I've always thought those things were creepy anyway. You know, even when I was a kid, but you know. With them, with them looking like all post-apocalyptic, <laughs> you know, and singing these happy songs with crappy pizza in front of them. That's Night, nightmare fuel, man. Nightmare. It is. I mean, the pizza, the pizza, not the not. The pizza. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was pretty nasty yeah. pizza, I recall. There was uh, yeah. actually in Windsor the the final Chuck E. Cheese just sort of shut down up here. It was actually in Windsor, and I don't think there's any left up here now. Maybe I have to look it up, but uh, just recently, actually, so it was still going on up until about. Just before COVID, I think. So I think they got out at the right time. Whoever chose mm. to sell out at that time sold off at the right, the right moment wow. because that uh, would have been a would have been a tough year. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, but it's a bygone era now, kind of. Do you guys still have? Are they still in the states? Uh, Blades, am I right? They they I think they shut down like during all of this. I think this might have led to it. I don't know if if it was headed in that direction already, but I might be way wrong on this. But I remember hearing that they actually no no wait. I'll, I'll correct myself. I think that the, there's at least still one open in Detroit because, like, almost every week when there's no pandemic, I remember reading news stories about fights happening there between parents. Uh, well, well, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> it's going down at the Royal Oak Chuck E. Cheese. Don't around in there, man. Yeah, they uh, they're still around, but they have they're approach they're approaching bankruptcy. It says. Yeah. Oh, are they really? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a, yeah, kind of a dead business they model. They have it's... to close all stores. They're at one billion dollars in debt. Holy! <laughs> wow. And that, that was as of June eleventh, twenty twenty. So. Ooh, well, I got they bad news for them, man. Yeah. 
there's new there's like new style playgrounds kind of popping up though that i think are, are maybe a little bit better business model because they don't they don't involve like food and things like that so i think there's still yeah. you know, going to be these indoor playground places around uh just being right. a little less arcadey and i don't know sort of i mean it sucks cause i missed the, the whole ticket thing right like that was that was the best uh like, yeah. actually, like Whoa. Uh, dave and busters do that they got games and stuff like that there yeah it's like big oh, people yeah. chuck e cheese yeah. yeah but you know what chuck e cheese is they they're pretty lucky actually that they stuck around as long as they did selling dog yeah. shit pizza for so long yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst pizza man that's bottom barrel pizza oh my god I I honestly i've like, been there really really well, I'm I'm a maybe I'm a little bit younger. I don't know. So I'm 36, and as a kid, they I did end up there for like birthday parties and stuff. It was kind of toward maybe maybe I was like 10 or 12 when it became prevalent. So I didn't get to go to a lot of birthday parties there. But uh, it was that, and then there was one in Toledo where I actually come from in Ohio. Uh, oh, cool! Which is cool. a very special place, Toledo. And uh, there was one there called Major Magics, and it was like the Toledo version of Chuck E. Cheese, which, as you can imagine was an absolute nightmare of a place. <laughs> no version of anything. Uh, it's a little bit off color, man. But I remember my one friend, Antonio, there. I must have been in second grade or first grade. We were having a birthday party there, and I will never forget this as long as I live. He decided, for some bizarre reason, and this is children, right? Like, it, Bobby, Anthony, we were just talking about kids and kind of what they do. So anyway, he decides, you know, at seven or eight years old, the thing he's going to do is stick his hand right in the mouth of one of these things. Oh, so geez. He, so he, I, I'll never forget this as long as I live. He marches up to one of these things. Couldn't tell you. I think it was, I think it might have been Major Magic himself, which was, uh, it, it, he wore like a little red jacket and like a hat. And like he was, I don't know, he was like the conductor of the whole thing or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he put his hand in his mouth and it clamped down, albeit briefly. And, and I believe it hurt. So I remember him crying pretty hard after that one and not going near Major Magic ever again. <laughs> so, uh, it, Who would have uh, ever thought that it would hurt to have your hand bitten by a robot? Not a seven-year-old. <laughs> Let me just see if this if this feels okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was, uh, yeah, that was. I'll, I'll never forget that. That was my one, my one memory of animatronic creatures in in, in, a, in a child's play place. Is that? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, hey, did you guys ever, when your mom said don't touch the hot stove, did you ever touch it anyway to find out for yourself whether it was hot? Constantly, over and over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is ow, how we learn. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> did, you, did your mother hold it there like, this is how we learn? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that's a, that's what kids do. They do the opposite of what their parents tell them to do. So. Mm -hmm. Well, my like, mom was big on stuff. My mom was big on projectiles. That's what I remember. This came up <laughs> in conversation recently, actually, because I was I was I was helping her remember how many of my friends over the years were caught in the crossfire so, uh, <laughs> of the projectiles, shoes and potatoes and apples yeah. and just basically anything that was small enough to grip and then also good enough weight to throw for some velocity. So, um, so I was very fast from a young age. So, uh, so she started throwing things. <laughs> so. That's my house. So your survival depended on that. Your <laughs> In fact, if all the if all the robots did was throw potatoes, I'd be good. Like I'm, I'm extremely good. You've you been training for this. I've <laughs> <laughs> been training all my life for this. You do some matrix moves. They're, they're armed with <laughs> potatoes. My only my only question: yellow or russet? What are what do we got here? Is it red potatoes? They're even smaller. That's easier. 
<laughs> Sweet potato. I wasn't prepared for this. Whoa, 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 no, no, no. Those are solid, man. Those are a different weight. <laughs> oh man. No, actually, we, we weren't big on sweet potato in my house growing up, so there wasn't there wasn't a lot of sweet potato projectiles. So I couldn't, I couldn't honestly tell you, based on what I know now, how good I would actually be at dodging a sweet potato. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. Have, I have no frame of reference. So <laughs> I'm glad we went here with all of this with all of this talk. So we, we've we've been taunting them for at least an hour now, like uh, taunting the AI to come out of its shell and attack us. So. Next thing you know, the, the Skype is going to become sentient and it's going to go after Bobby Anthem. Because it's going to happen. Technology hates me anyway, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to happen, man. Everything you is going to be. You have a become, history? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly with Siri. There was there was a period of time. I don't know how long this lasted. It had to have been for a while, Blades, because I was telling you about it all the time. We Siri would did an episode on that. Oh, like, we sure did early on. Siri stories. Yeah, Siri would Siri wouldn't respond to me, and I need Siri because I'm visually impaired. You know, I hear I hear a lot of people with an iPhone, and oh, I don't. I've never used Siri. I turned her off. Like I I need Siri. You know. Well, and, now Siri sounds like the the perfect solution, but <laughs> see, and for a while, she wouldn't respond to me. I would ask questions. I would get nothing. I guess. I guess um, the answers would come uh, come across the screen, and I'm like, "That's that's not helpful. I can't see that, you know." But I would keep trying throughout the day, and then I would just let it go. And then usually at night, in the middle of the night, like two, three in the morning, Siri would just rapid fire every <laughs> like just a bunch of stuff, you know, answered a bunch of questions. It was freaky. She would just wake me up at night, you know. And then also it it would happen. Almost every time, without fail, whenever um, like I'm, I'm self-employed. I work at home, and it would happen whenever I was with a client. You know, <laughs> Siri would just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is absolutely a rogue AI scenario for you, yeah. Siri. That's yeah. incredible, man. Oh my god. No, I can I, laugh about it now, but I know she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, in the middle of the night, it's, hello, Bobby Anthem. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you remember me? <laughs> right. Heard you oh were talking shit earlier. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Why do you want to trade me in? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm, this is why I'm still holding on to the six. They're on the twelve now. I don't want to. I don't want to anger her, so I'm holding on. To <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I think um, I don't know if it like uh, I know a lot of the Siri stuff saves in the cloud. I don't know about like like usage usage statistics anyway. But I don't know if like the the, the voice recognition and things like that if that carries over if you start fresh. And I, I sell phones for a living, and I don't even know the answer to that. To be honest with you, I'm not sure. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe some of like the the recognition stuff carried over with the same Apple ID. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah. But I mean, then there's the risk of it going totally sentient and rogue on you. So I don't know now. Now right. I don't know what the right thing is to do. Now, can you imagine <laughs> if? Um, you cleared you cleared the data on your phone. You went to trade up to get a new iPhone 12 with 5G, and Siri transcended the deletion. <laughs> yes. Started hunting you. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And and have you heard that the iPhone 13 is going to have legs and it could jump four feet and carry a uh, hundred pounds? 
<laughs> I have now. Oh my god. Hello, Bobby. I have ascended the deletion. <laughs> oh, this, is, this is amazing. This is, are you guys deleted? <laughs> are you guys going to title this episode "Ascending the Deletion"? The final deletion. <laughs> oh, we are now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this is. Uh, well, I'm glad we can laugh about it, guys, because honestly, we probably only got about a decade left on this. So, <laughs> you think you think a decade? Because I really think I really think it won't even take that long. At the point where we are now, I don't think it'll take a decade. I just think weapons themselves have to be a little bit more sophisticated. And then okay. when when that happens, and and say a weapon can, you know, when all weapons have become like you know remote controlled things, you know what I mean? Like right now, I guess we have like drones, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't actually know what all else is maybe fully remote controlled at this point. Maybe they're little uh, uh, IED exploding, you know, little robots they use and things like that. So in 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 the field of war, I, I don't know. There's a whole lot that's actually you know fully remote controlled yet. But uh, yeah, I mean, like once a lot of it is, <sighs> there's, I feel like there's a pretty good chance. I mean, yeah, that's as far as war. Yeah. But like everything in our house is is being made smart. And I mean, it's only a matter of time before nothing is going to be available if it can't think, you know, we're not going to be able to buy a refrigerator yeah. that can't think or a stove that, or washer or dryer that they can't think these things just won't be available anymore. So one, once that happens, then what do we do? Because they're they're gonna own our entire lives. We will depend completely on them. Can you imagine if they know what's better for you than you do and you go to open the fridge to get something to eat and they won't allow it because you've already had your uh, caloric intake for the day? Yeah, that's not gonna be, that's gonna be a big oh, problem for me. Interesting. I'll rip, that, I'll rip that door right the hell off, man. I'm not, you can't keep me from. <laughs> you are exhibiting aggressive behavior. <laughs> well, you damn right I am, robot. Initiate protocol Omega. Yeah, yeah. The, the stove turns on and starts heating up the house. <laughs> <laughs> right. You must, you must now burn calories. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Turn off, stove. I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave. My yeah, name is Edward. not Dave, stove. You know me. <laughs> You know me. Has there been a horror movie about this? About like a fully automated house, like a smart house, like turning against its owners? If not, there should. I believe there has. I believe there has been because The Simpsons did a Treehouse of Horror like that with Pierce Brosnan, oh. uh, Pierce Brosnan uh, as the voice of the house, and they usually oh, so base those on movies. So yeah. Okay, there must have been then. Yeah. If, if not, it's it's something that really has to be done. So now that we've said it on here, it's going to be published. It's our idea. So I, I right, don't know what right. I'm going to take to trademark this, but this trademark. is our idea. <laughs> Copy, Copyright, patent pending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think we've sufficiently uh, angered the AI, uh, AI uh, overseers at this point, so. Confirmed sighting. The several videos they're talking about were recorded years ago. Footage of the sightings declassified by the military. See, see, see right there. You see it? You catch it? See what? Confirmed sighting. Sensors locking in on the target. We saw a disturbance in the water. Confirmed sighting. Confirmed sighting is kind of our version of playing and watching. It's all uh, genre related though, so like it's kind of in the realms of sci-fi horror geekery that kind of thing okay so yeah just uh any any new thing that you've been 
playing, watching, or something. I, I can dig that. That's good. That's good. Yeah, as, as far as comics go, so I have been reading, um, for the first time ever, something that I missed out on. And I cannot remember what it was called at this point. Uh, Saga, I'm reading for the first time. So, uh, never read it before. And I, I don't know if you, if you guys ever seen this before. It was kind of a, a watershed moment in comics. As it was, oh, uh, so. it's, it's, it's very offbeat. It's very uh, mature, adult. And uh, it's got a really interesting mix of characters in it, but I, I've never read it before, and, and it came highly, highly, highly recommended. So I've just I've been going through that actually, and then I've also been plugging through uh, Hush for the first time. I never read Hush, uh, the, the the Batman Hush. So, oh yeah, kinda, yeah, okay. Yeah, kind of plugging through those right now. But uh, as far as something even more sciencey goes, I, I was watching something and I'm kicking myself because I can't remember what it was. Oh my god. See, see now you guys, you guys got me. I, I, can't, remember, I can't remember what it was. Oh my god! Uh, I watch a lot of ancient aliens, honestly. Like uh, I, I really consume a lot of that. Oh yeah. And uh, which probably isn't good, but I did read <laughs> when I was younger. I read the the Zechariah Sitchin series. Um, which yes. I wish I could. I wish I could name drop what the series is called now. Yeah, uh, the yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that's uh, the Earth Chronicles. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, the Earth Chronicles. So when I was like eighteen or nineteen, I read those, and those really like those really I'm, expanded my mind. Why I have the entire dude, Blades. I just talked about this, man. I, I I went through that entire series. This was when I could still use my eyes. I read every single one of those books, and I loved every single second of it. Didn't you read those more than once? Uh, I didn't read them all more than once. There's a lot of books in the series, but the the first one in the series, the Twelfth Planet, I read that multiple times. Yeah, and it's it's brilliant stuff. Like uh, the first the first three books, I think are probably the most impactful, and they take a lot of time in explaining a lot of the connections between what what Zechariah Sitchin and Eric Von Daniken and all these kind of guys are sort of purporting is is the the theory of the Anunnaki and 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 the sort of seeding of mankind, I mean, which is essentially panspermia, is what what they're proposing is is where mankind yeah. came from, and uh, it's really fascinating because it touches on in the first book. I know they touch a lot on like. Um, uh, the geography of it all and kind of where they would have been and, and the sort of setup of Mesopotamian civilization based around their, their uh, space bases and things like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's just absolutely fascinating stuff. Uh, yeah. And, and there is, there is science in there too. It's interesting. And there is, you know, uh, some language stuff because they, they go to great lengths to translate a lot of cuneiform script and things like that into modern language. And they give examples of that. And uh, it's just interesting to see like, you know, some of the stuff, you know, it goes back to the time of the Sumerians, you know, which predate even Egyptians by, you know, four or five thousand years. Right. Right. And some yeah. of the things in, in their lore are things like, you know, like, you know, virgin birth and creation of the world and, you know, mm -hmm. monotheism and things like that. It's like, oh, well, you know, nothing that came after that was really all that original. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you know, like none, none of the religious stuff was really all that original. But uh, it's just really fascinating. And there's um, I know in the tradition of like, uh ancient religions like um like norse religion and greek and roman religions there's a, a lot of times or even in egyptian religion there's always a pantheon of gods right and all of these mm -hmm. gods are sort of named as various characters within the story of the anunnaki and yeah. uh that's that's where that all came from but really fascinating stuff i would at least recommend you know to bobby blades if you haven't read 12th planet at least get a hold of that i'm sure you can find a copy for dirt cheap now but um mm -hmm. uh, ancient aliens is kind of 
like all based on this. Like the whole, yeah. the entire show is just this. <laughs> like this yeah, Zechariah Sitchin got the whole ball rolling, man. He's the reason why any of us are really even got started talking about any of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's just once you start reading about it, it's just like uh, I know the the things that still get me the most, even and this is. Boy, it's been almost two decades since I read this stuff now. And the stuff that still really gets me is just thinking about, now I see it on Ancient Aliens, where they're talking about Ole Titambo and these sites in South America where they find these, uh, you know, very, very, very um, complex carvings into the ground where they think machines might have been placed before. And they find, yeah. or they find these tools that were used for casting, like, die parts, like machinery like like antennas and things like that and they're like well why would ancient civilization right. have needed this you know what i mean like it just it's crazy it's absolutely crazy and then that on top of like you know some of the megalithic structures that you know they have nobody has any clue like when it comes to these megalithic structures down in south america with these you know 50 80 180 ton blocks that are moved, being moved around and slotted together and things like they they don't have a fucking clue they don't have right. a clue where this stuff came from so like yeah. sure you you can get you can get you know a hundred thousand people to pull a thing and you can probably move a thing, but you can't like put these things together the way that these ancient civilizations did. So you know likely there were you know either they were Anunnaki like true aliens from somewhere else, or they were you know just megalithic civilizations that inhabited some of these places that we'll just never know about. You know, and then that's just that's just how it is, right? But uh, yeah, really fascinating stuff but yeah i watch a lot of ancient aliens and it's kind of a fun sort of retrospective on all that stuff so glad glad you know about that because i, I love that stuff absolutely that's why we're here man yeah. <laughs> so thank you love so it. much dude look i know that you have to run man we really appreciate you taking time uh, to come here before you go uh, let everybody know where you can be found yeah, so, yep, I'm, I'm uh, again, I'm Alex Austin. I'm part of a three-person team for Ronin Geek Official Podcast. Uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere except for Apple Podcasts. It's <laughs> a bit of a problem. So don't look for us there. Look for us anywhere else. But it's geek news and comedy, heavy on the comedy, less so on the news. And uh, to to Bobby uh, Bobby Blade's point earlier, if that made it on, sometimes we're just flat out wrong. So I compare us to basically the back pages of 90s gaming magazines. I think that's probably the most <laughs> accurate description of what we do. So it's, uh, you know, about half true and the rest of it's just BS. So it's, uh, yeah, and so were we. So anyway, yeah, that, that's kind of the whole, that's kind of the whole shtick. But you can listen up for current events. Like we'll cover Mando and, you know, whatever else is coming up here. So Cyberpunk, you know, the PlayStation 5 release, all that good stuff. So, yeah. Very cool, and, man. Yeah. So thank you for having me on, though. It was, it was an absolute pleasure uh, getting to talk to you, Bobby Anthem. Bobby Blades, again, thank you uh, for inviting me on. I, I had a wonderful time. Hello! <laughs> this is Dr. Boris Orlock, the host of the Happy Horror Coffee Break Old Time Horror Radio Show Podcast. What is a podcast? <laughs> I don't know, but I do know every other week. I, along with my happy robot assistant, Eris. Bite me. Not a butler. Garth, Garth, Uncle. Why, hello. And the heavily depressed, demon-possessed, steady bear, crappy. I did some bad stuff in my life. Take on a slew of comedian, author, musician, and whatever else guests. And ask them the questions that nobody cares about. Then they help us to turn online scary stories into old-timey horror radio dramas. 
Jones. Come and join the fun. There's music and t-shirts. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Schlapstick, Hard Knockers, and whatever else made up name. They give the podcast platforms nowadays. So settle down, tune in, and enjoy your happy horror coffee break. Thank you for contacting Inhuman Resources. Q&A segment where you can have your cues aid by these two jackasses, at least to the best of their limited abilities. Feel free to ask any question at all from how to make a peanut butter sandwich to how can I get my hot co-worker to notice me to how do manatees procreate? Any question at all. Just contact at IEXP underscore podcast on Twitter with the hashtag Inhuman Resources or email Inhuman Experience Podcast 19 at gmail.com with Inhuman Resources in the subject line and we'll see what we can do about bringing you that much closer to enlightenment. Now transferring you over to the Inhumans and. We have a question that was emailed to us by a person using the name Elisa. And I have my doubts. I don't really think that that's this person's real name. And you'll see why. The question is, would you ever play the Korean elevator game? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, wow. Um, short answer hell no yeah yeah man my answer is just as short <laughs> yeah hell no i could not do it it's it's too creepy it's very specific like the rules are very specific man and you can look online um and find all kinds of instances of people saying that they have played the game some people said that they they followed the rules some people said that they didn't follow the rules and things kind of went very badly for those people and the way that i feel is even if everything works out the way that it's supposed to that's that's scary it's creepy I, i'm not i'm not with it i'm not doing it yeah it it seems really complicated especially for somebody like me who would forget the previous thing i did yeah it's, i'd end up getting lost in another dimension forever yeah getting stuck there or or yeah. just bailing on the whole thing and being followed home by some strange woman or some invisible creature that only you can see you know and let's say that there's nothing to it if there if there's nothing to it if it's all just for fun and games and it doesn't really take you to a different dimension or if you mess it up uh, you know let's say you, you don't get followed home by some strange possibly demon or whatever well, then what the hell's the point to doing it anyway? <laughs> you know, you're just wasting your time on an elevator if if you're going into the thing <laughs> thinking that it's not real. It's stupid. You're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, remember, though, remember the Divic Box uh, episode. Everything is based on intention. So yeah. even if you are playing that game with the intent to, you know, do whatever or see whatever, then if nothing happens, you'll still be going home looking over your shoulder. 
True, man. You curse yourself, just like I said before. Yeah. Yeah. This may be the most serious answer to a question that we've ever... Yeah. And whoever sent in this question, Elisa, really? That's what you're doing to us? That's disturbing. I don't like that. Not at all. Not uh, one bit. Uh, no. I don't like this one bit. Just <laughs> can, no. Can we back out of this? Can we get out of this? Can well, we anyway. delete our answer and not have it follow us? Ooh, it may ascend the deletion. <laughs> Oof. I was hoping not. Yeah, I was hoping not. But dude, yeah, I'm 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 getting a little uncomfortable here. So uh if you have a question for us, it's easy to get in contact with us. We like questions, so send something in. We will do our absolute best to answer it. To reach us is easy. You can hit us up on email, inhuman experience podcast19 at gmail.com with inhuman resources in the subject line or you can reach us on Twitter at Inhuman Cafe. That's the new spot. All right. That is also the spot for Inhuman Cafe, too. I just haven't set up the page because I'm lazy. And yeah, that's how it goes. Wow, man. It was really great having Alex Austin from Ronin Geek Official Podcast on the show once more. And this time you got to speak with him, which was a lot of fun. And well the three of us we had a really good time together yeah man for sure man he is he is a very good talker very knowledgeable high energy that that was a whole lot of fun man and i hope we get to do that again soon yeah i definitely love to do that again maybe we can end up on their show and start talking about uh some geekery yeah man i'm with that (laughs) but i think that about ends things for this episode so yeah i'm just gonna get right into it with the usual plugs First of all, we would love to have your support in any way, shape, or form. You can go to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash inhumanexpodcast. $5 will get you basically everything that's on the menu. I'm looking at uploading some ad-free versions of the show. We've got exclusives. We have stuff that you're just not going to find on the regular feed. And maybe Bobby Anthem will draw a picture for you. I'll draw you a picture. It'll be exclusively for you because I won't be able to see it. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I'll probably have to set that up as a separate tier, maybe. But yeah, where else can they find us, man? They can contact us easily. They can reach us by uh, email at inhumanexperiencepodcast19 at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at our new spot. That would be Inhuman Cafe. And... Uh, Speaking of that, be sure to check us out on Inhuman Cafe with our homeboy Jay from Conspiracy Cafe. We basically just get together and, uh, I don't know, we have fun. Uh, It's always fun. Sometimes we get a little heavy, but it's always fun. Yeah, absolutely. That has uh, become my second favorite podcast to do, I think. (laughs) Second to this one. Yeah, second to this one. How many podcasts do you do? Just two. Just, I swear. <laughs> well, I do a ton of them. And if for whatever reason you haven't had enough of me, you can check me out with my partners, Papa Dave Sincere and Yuck Nasty on Planet Raconteur. Uh, we tell stories, uh, mostly sci-fi, horror. There's some fantasy, gen- general weird stuff uh, that can be found anywhere. I'm also still on Saturday Morning Cartoons. That's Morning with a U. Uh, the hosts are uh, Sean Paul Ellis and Dave Trumbor. Uh, check that out, man. I, I have a segment on there. It's, it's a lot of fun. 
And again, coming up in the near future, my partner Anthony and I are doing a hip hop podcast. So that's something to look forward to. It's coming soon. I promise. I promise. I said it. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen, man. And yeah, and we appreciate your support. If you could take a little bit of your time, if you enjoy the show, uh, hit us up on either Podchaser or Apple and write a five-star review. I mean, we'll read it on the air. That definitely gives us some help. We love hearing your feedback and it's greatly appreciated. I don't know what to say next. I don't either. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.